we are back. Devils on the Rush, Season 2, Episode 4. We've got signings, we've got trades, we've got rumors, we've got dev camp. Welcome to the offseason, Alejandro. Uh, how you been? It's It's been about two weeks now. Um, it is the summertime, so we, we are giving ourselves a little bit of a break, but uh, how you doing? Pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm kind of waiting for something, just not Devils related, just something to happen league-wide besides Alex Debrinkit getting traded. It's for been, a bag of pucks too. Yeah, I, I mean, wasn't surprised the, the Senators didn't really have any leverage there. Um, and Kubalik is a decent player, so at least I got that. But um, yeah, I'm just kind of waiting for something else to happen. It's been a pretty boring off season, to be honest. Well, I mean, I don't know if that's fair. I mean, there was like a seven day stretch where the Devils were just hitting home run after home run, but it's been quiet yeah, since I mean, then. The Devils, but the league has been pretty boring. Well, that's true. I think there's a couple dominoes uh, the league's waiting on before uh, yeah, the floodgates will open. Yeah, so hoping that could maybe affect the Devils. We'll see, um, especially if they're looking for a goalie. Mr. Hellebuck, come on down Broad Street. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> all right, maybe we'll get into that later. But uh, a couple signings since the last time we've uh, chatted. Uh, let's get into the big one. Uh, I think everyone knows how much I love – Timo time and we got Timo time for eight more years at 8.8 below 9 million yes above the Jack threshold however below the Dougie Hamilton threshold um great deal for the team great deal for Timo power forward 26 years old Alex what are your thoughts um so it was a little more expensive than I thought it was gonna be I thought it'd be um like 8.5 maybe a touch below that but they still got him under nine which was really the the number to kind of I guess you you wanted the devils to keep that contract on nine million a year and they did it even though it's still 8.8 but um you know I think the nice thing about that deal is it's pretty front-loaded so if they want to get out of it in the last couple of years uh, if he starts to fall off you know in his mid-30s they shouldn't have trouble getting out of that deal um whether it's via buyout or a trade you know the Thomas Drance and Dmitry Filipovich were talking about it on the hockey PDO cast today and I actually hadn't realized that until they mentioned it on the the episode uh, so they structured this contract really well and you know what they said to the Thomas Jansen, uh, Dimitri said it was it's um, it was a big market play by like a small market team. Most small market teams don't front load contracts like that because they just don't want to. But you know Harris and uh, company they have the they have the money to do so. So um, I think they did a really good job getting that contract signed. Um, the way they structured it, I mean, and um, yeah, I mean now you have your core in place. Over the next, you know, at least five years. Um, Did you just say the New Jersey Devils have BDE? A little bit, yes, I think. Um, financially, they definitely seem to operate. They seem to operate like one of the original six franchises for sure. Um, at least the last couple of years, they weren't before that when they were rebuilding, but they were patient. And now that they see the opportunity to go sign Timo Mart to the type of deal that they did, you know, I don't think they really hesitate to do so. Well, listen, I mean, Josh Harris is not short of any money. I mean, look, no, I mean, it, he just uh, bought the commanders. So, yeah, uh, I, I hate that name. Can we go with like the pigskins? I feel like that would be like such a good name for them. Just throwing it out there. But I mean, yeah, just, Josh Harris. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead. But the commanders. I mean, even Washington football team was better than the commanders. Yeah. It's just something uh, 
Washington related senators. I don't know. Presidents. It could have been something better for sure. The pigskins. Yeah. Easy. Because they had those, those you know, they used to, those guys used to dress up as pigs. Oh, <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's easy. It's like you're walking into it. And did you see Ma- Major Tutty? He's a pig. That's true. <laughs> um, so, yeah, great signing. I love it. Uh, I'm excited. Timo seems to be excited. All those little workout video hints, uh, thirst trap posts uh seem to be hinting towards a nice sexy deal so um, i'm here for it and uh, happy he's here for eight more years and i think the team is as well yeah there's i mean you figured when they traded for him that they they were gonna they had a good idea of what he was looking for and with an extension so you kind of figured that they would be able to get it done at some point this summer i never really had any concern once they acquired him i never really had concern that they would have to flip them, you know, so, uh, that quickly during the summer. I thought it was a pretty good idea that they would be able to resign him. So, um, you know, I think he wanted to win and he saw, I, I mean, even if they hadn't beaten the Rangers in the first round, he probably saw what was coming with this team moving forward. But that obviously helped, you know, they beat the Rangers in seven games and Carolina obviously didn't go well, but that team's positioned to compete with the Carolina Hurricanes very well this coming season. Oh, yeah, baby. We are lock, stock, ready to go. Minus a third-line winger, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. Now, um, let's let's get to a couple more signings and a trade. Uh, we brought back the Bash Bros. Um, we brought back uh, B and M of the BMW line and let W uh, walk away, um, which I'm very happy about. But uh, thoughts on the Bastion and McLeod deals? Yeah, so giving McLeod one year is probably a pretty good idea since Frank Saravalli said that the 2018 WJC case is wrapping up soon. That's the thought. And the teams are bracing for suspensions. Like, I'm not saying McLeod's guilty or not, but if he does happen to get implicated in that case, having him on a one-year deal is probably a good idea. Uh, you know, hopefully he's didn't, hopefully he's innocent and he will be able to play this coming season because he's a valuable piece of that fourth line. Uh, if he doesn't play, or he has to face a hefty suspension, um, you know, Devil's depth would obviously take a hit. Uh, they'd probably have to see what's left in the free agent market and uh, try to get someone in, whether it's a PTO or a short one-year deal. Um, you know, Nathan Bastion, uh, probably one of the the better fourth line wingers in the league can score about 10, 15 goals a season when healthy. Uh, he's really good defensive forward as well. Um, same for McLeod, really, um, uh, except for the goal scoring. McLeod's more of a playmaker, but good defensive forward as well. Um, so getting those two guys back, um, pretty key. And then I think you probably, you know, Miles Wood, obviously not going to be around anymore after signing the six-year deal with Colorado. So they'll have a new line mate um, this coming season. But uh, I would think that's going to be Nolan Foote, who could probably – probably have better impacts than Miles Wood if we just based on the small sample that uh, Nolan gave in the NHL last season. I thought he looked pretty good. So, And Fitz talked him up a couple of times this offseason already, so they seem to have big plans for him for the coming season. Or even a Curtis Lazar. I, I mean, you could have two centers on that fourth line. Who That's even better. Like, why not? Yeah, I'm, I would prefer if Lazar wasn't an everyday player. I just don't really think he has any an offensive upside. Um but if I know I agree, but I just like, yeah. but like I think foot, like I think it'd be doing foot a disservice to his development to put him on a fourth line opposed to that third line wing spot. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that third line wing spot's probably going to go to Holtz. Um, they're going to give him that spot to give it, you know, at least get a chance with Palat and Hala um, to start the preseason. And then, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he just, you know, it kind of finally clicks for him and he's playing with Jack Hughes during the season. But that's a topic for another day. That's not a topic for another day. That's just wishful thinking at this point. But uh, all the best, Alex Holtz, and uh, hope he figures figures it out this off season. Yeah, I mean, I, I think don't you, have. I just don't have high expectations. Uh, I'm still pretty high on him. I mean, he's produced at every level um, he's played at. I think the Devils just have to. And it's about time that they kind of just focus on giving him a role that plays to his strengths. They shouldn't really worry about his two-way game anymore, um, which I think was kind of the reason why they didn't give him regular minutes last season. Uh, not really. I don't think his skating is that bad anymore. I actually think he's you know, he can keep up with the Devils. I think they were kind of concerned about his defensive game. All right. Well, Alejandro has laid the hammer down, expecting big things from Holtz next year. Heard it here first. Yes, I'm like the aggregators. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we can wrap this one up on, on the signings. I think it was a great uh, – I'm glad they're both back. I'm glad Bashing got two years. Unfortunately, we got to give the McLeod the one year, and, that, and that's what it is. Um, we'll see what comes out with the case. But, um, I mean, he really proved his worth in the playoffs. He he, I think he was one of the sta- standout players in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, okay, let's move on to a nice little trade uh, that Tommy Fitz pulled off, and that's for Colin Miller from the Dallas Stars. Uh, he was top pairing for the majority of the season with Miro Haskin in uh, their top defenseman over in Dallas. And uh, it, it was, he did get scratched in the Vegas series, though. So that was kind of odd. I will say that. But overall, his underlying statistics are, are through the roof, right, Alex? Yeah, he's pretty good defenseman. Uh, he had like that. He was a part of the, the Vegas Golden Knights original uh, Misfits team. He had a breakout year that year with forty plus points, and then from there his offensive game kind of dropped off. But the defensive game has still been quite good. Um, he's good at defending the rush. Uh, just kind of plays a sound defensive game, and you know I don't think they make that trade to have him be the eighth or seventh or eighth guy um, defensively. I think he's going to play to start the season over Nemitz. And then, you know, unless Nemitz really kills it in camp, but which is possible. I mean, he was the second overall pick, so we'll have to see. But yeah, I'm higher on Nemitz than I am on Holtz. I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's fair too. Um, uh, but I'm still not holding. I'm still, I still got high hopes for Holtz. So, um but yeah, Colin Miller is you, good. You got fr- you got front shore. You you got beachfront property on Holtz Island. I love it. Yeah, I st- I still think he could be pretty good. So, um, but Colin Miller, yeah, good. That was a good defensive pickup. Um, yeah, I think they don't if with Nemitz Ball and Luke Hughes to start the season, that'd be a pretty inexperienced group um, on the back end. And you know, Colin Miller, I think, has played. Close to four. I wrote about it, but it was a while ago at those points. I don't remember. But I think he's played around like 400 NHL games. Um, obviously, the Stanley Cup appearance with Vegas in that first year. Uh, they were in the league and then just made it to the Western Conference Final with Dallas. And he has a, a ton of playoff experience uh, to this point. So that's a good add. Gives him a good third-pair defenseman. Replace Severson in the short term. And then um, I guess it gives you like a little bit of a stopgap option uh, until Nemitz is ready to go. 
So yeah, good pickup for sure. And they didn't give up anything really of significance to get him. Yeah. I mean, just another great like trade out of nowhere for Fitz. Like it's so under the radar. And then like when you dig deep in you, you're like, damn, this guy's like, it's like not really good, but he's a, he's a good player. I mean, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a bottom four defenseman for sure. Um, And hopefully we'll bring some veteran uh, leadership to that back end that might be lacking a little bit with all with all the newcomers. Yeah, I definitely think that's part of the reason why that they made that move just to get some more experience defensively. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's go into the draft. So if I check my notes correctly, you hit on one article. Did you hit on the second article? Um, for late round targets, yeah, they drafted um, that Belarusian defenseman Lenny, uh, not Lenny, um, Danilo Karpovich. He was one of the late round targets that I had for the Devils, and they took him in the sixth round. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, what have I been telling you f- for the past? I, it's got to be six months at this point. You have no Shadamas on this <laughs> podcast, in Alex Shavansi. Yeah, I mean, he has called moonshot. After moonshot, these past couple months, so I tip my hat to you, sir. Yeah, I'm. Uh, uh, it's haven't been a good off season for myself as well. So, and then yeah, obviously I had Lenny. I think on the last podcast we even recorded, I said that uh, if Lenny Haminaho was going to be there um, for the Devils, they were taking him. Yeah, and he was there, and they took him. So. Yeah, I mean, so we're not going in every pick because I we're, we're just not doing it. But uh, I think there's two picks we should probably uh, touch on first. Lenny, uh, how do you say Hamiaho, it again? Hamiaho, I think. Hamiaho, yeah, let's go with that one. So he, he is a Finnish player. Um, from all accounts, his skating needs to get better, but it's his hockey sense, knowledge, smarts, whatever you want to call it, the intangibles that this is what this kid has. Yeah, and he definitely seems like a smart kid because he said himself after the Devils drafted him that he needs to get his improve his skating so he knows it's a weakness of his. Um, I know the Devils are doing their little three-on-three tournament right now at uh, development camp. Um, just, you know, I was following it on Twitter before. Um, and I think Haminaho is looking pretty good. I think Amanda Stein had tweeted it. Um, so hard to say without seeing it myself. But, yeah, he played quite well in Finland last season. And he's obviously going back there for the coming season. Um We'll see if his production improves, um, his skating improves. If it, if skating improves, I mean, there's definitely you know second line potential in him. Uh, really smart player, um, but we'll see what happens. Um, just the skating, I don't even think his skating is that bad per se. I just like he has good mechanics. I just the pace he needs to get much faster for sure. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I think third line center. Yeah, he's a winger, so he's probably winger. Yeah. Third line winger is yeah, probably what we would think he's going to be. Yeah, I think that's probably where he pans out. But if the skating gets much better, then you never know. Never know. Now the the pick that you had in the late round that got that you you called the home, the moonshot, Daniil Karpovich. Yeah, he was getting a lot of buzz, uh, right? Yeah, he. Um, I mean, just based on his production in the Russian Junior League, uh, the MHL. Uh, you probably could have argued 
he should have gone at least two rounds earlier than he did. Uh, I, I think he probably fell because he's an overager. I think he's 19 years old. So he's already, this wasn't his first draft eligible season, but where the Devils got him in the sixth round was pretty great value. Um, it was probably their best late round pick after Cam Squires. I thought Cam Squires was a pretty nice pick from the QMJHL too. Um, so we'll see what comes of Karpovich. I mean, most defensemen in that Russian junior league don't put up the offensive numbers he did, but he was, I think, the fourth highest scoring defenseman in that league with 35 points in 47 games. And he's pretty physical, too. He's a, he's already a big kid. He's like 6'3", 210 or something like that. So did we'll just, we just draft Shakir's replacement? <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that far because I think Shakir looks like he's going to be really good, actually. He's, he's lit it up in San Jose's uh, AHL team to end the season, so... I think Shakir's got top four, top pair uh, potential, maybe. Um, but yeah, Karpovich is definitely someone to watch over the coming years. Um, we'll see, you know, how he develops as he continues to work his way up the the rankings or the, the leagues, I should say, in Russia. Well, I mean, if if Shakir works out, I think that's all more credit to the scouting staff for the Devils because a lot of people thought that was a pretty significant reach at that point. Yeah. Um, and if he turns out to be a top four defenseman, kudos to them because uh, it just seems like they know how to identify talent in Europe yeah, uh, all around. Yeah, for sure. So, um, and then uh, any any other picks? Did did they go with a goalie? Did we? No, get a they did not take a goalie this year. No goalie. Yeah, That's they must be shocking. happy what they have in their system at this point. So. Or about or what's coming to their system? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like Jakub Malik, I think uh, everyone. Oh no, that. I was I was hitting at a trade, but uh, yeah, well, Jakub no, Malik is an absolute refrigerator. Yeah, he's. Listed, I mean, that dude is yeah. massive. He's listed um, at six four um, on elite prospects, but he looks like he's gotten bigger. So before we go into dev camp, before we go into dev camp, do you want to touch on Cam Squires at all? It seemed um, like you were pretty excited about that pick. Yeah, I mean, he's got to put on weight. He's only like 165 pounds, but his production was quite good in the QMJHL. He had, I think, 64 points in 67 games or something like that. And and let me let me interject. He won the QMJHL Humanitarian of the Year Award. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. That's a uh, good, char- good Locker character. Locker room guy, fourth yeah. round. Fitzy, I love it. Good character, so that's always good to see. Um, I actually think a couple of members of his family followed me on Twitter uh, recently, so shout out to the Squires family. Uh, I do like your son does look like a good prospect. Um, so, um, yeah, I think he's got potential. I mean, his production is pretty similar to Dawson Mercer's um, when Mercer was uh, draft eligible. I think just Mercer plays a, a more well-rounded two-way game than Squires. I think Squires, you're looking at like a – potential middle six scoring option if he pans out in the NHL. But uh, yeah, I think Fitz, you know, said he was looking for upside picks in the later rounds. And I think Squires is probably their best one that they made after Haminaho. Um, if they're looking for scoring forwards, like Cole Brown was kind of interesting too. We'll see what comes of him in the OHL, but apparently he's got a pretty good shot. Um, so we'll see what comes out of him too. But yeah, I like the Squires pick was a good one. Nice. Shout out to the Squire family. Yeah. Fisherman Alejandro. Devils on the rush. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the Jersey, New Jersey Devils organization. Um, okay. Should we move into Dev Camp? Uh, Dev Camp was a little light this year. Yeah, I that's did a pretty mild <laughs> <laughs> I did text you mid, like, 
two days ago, I was like, I don't know how much value I'm going to add about dev camp because I know about four people. On the yeah, honestly, I haven't even really been following it in previous years. I thought like Nemitz and Graham Clark could be there. Maybe Nolan Foot too. I'm not surprised Holtz is not there. Um, I'm definitely not surprised Luke Hughes isn't there. I didn't think he was going to be there, but I did think a couple wow, of the Luke other Hughes double top is prospects. wakeboarding in Michigan right now. There's or something a couple like other that. top pro- I thought there would be some of the Devils' other top prospects there, but I mean, it's basically Haminaho and then Josh Philman. I know like a lot of the other players. Oh, Seamus Casey as well. Um, but, well, yeah. no, oh, no, 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 no. But the, the, apparently, the one Finnish defenseman has really oh, stood out. VN, yeah, um, yeah. Do you want to yeah. go into that a little bit? Yeah, he looked really good at the World Juniors this past year, and like, it's not you shouldn't really like base your evaluation of a prospect just off the WJC. But his numbers in Finland were very good this year. Finished with seventeen points in forty-one games for I think he played for Pelicans, Pelicans in the Liga. Uh, yeah, I don't know what his upside is as an NHLer, but I definitely think he's got an NHL potential. Um, he's a very good skater. He's got a good size. I think he's like 6'2", 190. He's already been playing pro hockey for a couple of years in Finland, so uh, he's a little. I think his game is pretty mature at this point if Pelicans was okay with playing him on their senior team for the last couple of years. Um, we'll see what comes of him. He's going to probably get pretty good minutes with Utica to start the season. And you never know. If oh, I for sure think he's getting top pair of minutes based off what one of the, I think it was one of the Utica coaches that spoke about him. Bald head guy. Um, yeah. I mean, that's possible. Um, he, he looks like, I mean, if you're playing two years, you know, in Finland, which is a pretty good pro league, then yeah, I could see you getting top pair minutes in the AHL. Maybe they want to work him in slowly and they'll start him with like third pair and just kind of work him up. But yeah, he's definitely one of, going to be one of the more interesting prospects to watch for the Comets this season. Uh, I think you're talking about someone who could be pretty solid, like number five defenseman in the NHL if he makes it. And I think he could get to that level. Yeah, yeah, awesome. I mean, the, they listen, the way this guy was speaking about him was... It was a glowing review, so um, excited to get some new names in into the pipes and and see if they and start developing them. Because I mean, as this team you know gets better, you're going to need to develop the young talent to fill in the holes because you're going to need cheap contracts. Like, yeah, it, it's I mean, just it's the reality of the game. Yeah, I mean, Luke Hughes probably going to get paid you know in a couple of years from now. Um, you know, Nemitz, Nemitz. Will, will get paid eventually. Um, so, yeah, you're going to – I mean, the cap is supposed to go up a lot in the next couple of years, so that's definitely going to help too. But, yeah, you're still going to need, like, the Arsenic Gritz Ukes, uh, Graham Clarks, you know, all of them. Uh, obviously, uh, Villain too, if he makes it. You need those guys on ELCs to fill out your depth. And I think it's a little bit of the, the strategy that they're even taking into this coming season. You know, for now, leaving a spot open for one of Clark or Holtz, I'm pretty sure Foot is going to ha- be a spot to lose for Nolan Foot at this point, I think, on the fourth line. So they're definitely taking that into consideration going into the training camp in September. I think they want to have some of these ELC guys ready to go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, any other thoughts on Dev Camp? I mean, Seamus Casey seems to be all that and everything. Yeah, I mean, I saw Ryan Novosinski's article earlier that I haven't gotten a chance to even look at it yet, but it's like Seamus Casey kind of to learn how to play forward or center and defenseman. I mean, you kind of look at his offensive skill set and you're like, I can kind of see it. So, um, yeah, I mean, Casey's 
probably the devil's best defense prospect after Nemitz. I don't know if if you consider Luke Hughes a prospect still, then third best. But yeah, Casey's uh, he's a fun player to watch. Yeah, I mean that's a fun, that, that that's a tough one, right? Do we yeah. graduate him because he played like ridiculous? Yeah, I think he's only played five, Yeah, he's only played five games, so I don't think you could say like between the regular season and the playoffs. I don't think you could just quite graduate Luke Hughes yet. But I would understand why if someone said that. Yeah, because um, he's he's starting game one. I, I oh, think yeah. Luke's I mean, he could even be on the second pair with Marino to even like on opening night. It's definitely possible. Yeah, uh, I think the Devils fan base would riot if he started in Utica. Oh, no, there's no chance. That is not happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, speaking of starting in Utica, some interesting comments out of Frank Saravalli's podcast this week that the Devils see Akira Schmid spending the entire year in Utica. Um, I and this is not like the first time we've heard these comments uh, out of the organization or through devil uh, through NHL insiders. It seems pretty clear that they are still active in the goalie market. Yeah, they're definitely looking for a goalie for sure. Uh, I don't even think there's any doubt about that. None of the goalies that we thought were going to get traded this summer have gotten traded yet. Like the options are all still there for them. Um, so let me pose this to you. We, we've to me, there's there's three options here, and you can tell me if you want to add a fourth, sure, but really won't count because I didn't come up with it. So um, Connor Hellebuck, yeah, one of the Boston goalies, or Yanni Gibson. Yeah, I mean, for me, John Gibson is just. I wrote about it for Infernal Access last weekend. I just think there's too much risk um, trying to bet on him bouncing back um, with that contract too. Like if it doesn't work out, you're stuck with that contract, but he's only 29 years old. So like, is he really just that fed up? Is he a change of scenery candidate? I don't know. I think he could be, but like, I don't think the Devils should be. That Ducks team was bad. Yeah, they were brutal. Their defense is absolutely terrible this year too. I think it was probably the worst defense that he's played behind in Anaheim and Actually, when you like look, he at his, was eating like sixty-five shots, like every other start. It yeah, was ridiculous. When you look at his numbers, like <laughs> he gave up five more goals than expected, which is really not that bad compared when you you know compare it to the volume of quality he faced every night. I mean, that Ducks team's just—they don't have any defense. Like they got some good defensemen coming up, and Owen Zellweger and Pavel Mintyukov. Um, but I don't know if they're Drysdale. Yeah, right? but Drysdale's coming off major sol- shoulder surgery too. So oh, lovely. Yeah, so I mean, if these guys pan out, then their defense is going to be really good. But I don't know, like how many of Drysdale will be back to start the regular season. I don't know about Minchikov and um, you know, Zalwiger yet. So we'll have to see what happens there. So like, are you thinking that like? Gibson was just that bad because Anaheim's defense was that bad. Um, but it's been like four to five years of just kind of crummy numbers for Gibson at this point. So, and yeah, other, but it's been four to five years of just abysmal defense yeah, by but the like Ducks. Their, their other goalies have kind of been all right. Like Stellaris has been pretty good for them. Um, so I don't know. I, mean, I think you can make the argument that Stellaris got a third of the start. So, like, yeah, I think if, that's true. But I'm not touching Gibson. I just don't think it's worth it. I know that contract. contract's pretty. Listen, it's I'm pretty, just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I know. Make, 
Yeah, I know um, you hate Gibson, so I just no, like, I don't hate him. It's just like if the Devils weren't in like win, like they're good enough to go to this, you know compete for the Stanley Cup next year. Like third you wanna, best odds. Yeah, third or fourth best. I guess it depends when you look on what sports books you look at. But like, do you want to take that chance on Gibson to be the guy? To you're really taking a big bet on him bouncing back, and I just kind of think it's too risky for sure. I would definitely prefer Hellebuck or one of the Boston goalies. All right, so we have Gibson in a clear third here, right? Yeah, guys, I'm always trying to give you three stars. We're doing three stars uh, of the week goalie edition free agency. So. Just, you know, just a little different spice for the offseason. Yeah. Uh, so, so I think – yeah. Who are you going with? And so, so I guess first let's determine which Boston goalie you think is available. Uh, so I think we don't really know yet because we got to see what Jeremy Swayman's extension looks like. He has an arbitration date set for July 30th, I believe. Um, they sake agree. of argument, who do you think is going to be available? I don't know. It really depends what Swayman's contract looks like. It's what his cap hit looks like is going to determine which goalie could be available. It could be neither of them. I if see they get him, If they get him signed, if they get Swayman signed to like three and a half million dollars or less, they could probably keep both Ulmark and Swayman going for. But if Swayman's contract projection in evolving hockey is like four point two million a year, I think. If it's a, a number around that, they're going to have to move one of the goalies. And I think if – I mean, since Swayman is five years younger than Ulmark, I think they would probably deal Ulmark in that case. And then they'd go with the Swayman-Brandon-Bussey uh, tandem for next year. Bussey's posted some pretty crazy numbers in the AHL since they signed him as an undrafted free agent. So um, they could probably save – I don't think they would want – Ulmark and Swayman taking up $9 million in cap space for them. Uh, so I think Ulmark would be the guy to go. And what's left? On, he's only got two years left after he this? He's got two years left. Yeah, he's got two years left at $5 million each. So, uh, Not awful. No, it's. I mean, for what he is, he's not going to put up a 938 save percentage again uh, with Boston or another team. But even before that, even when he regresses, he's still like – you could probably give him a good. You'd probably be safe on betting him to finish with like a nine fifteen save percentage or something like that. When I mean, it's a hell of a tandem if we think about it, right? Like we are very thrilled with the Olmark Vanacek tandem. Yeah, the, if the that key, happens. Yeah, for sure. The key to getting Olmark is, and Boston will. I mean, I can't imagine there's a path to them being able to retain money on what's left on Olmark's contract. So, if he ends up moving, if that's who they end up moving, uh, the Devils will would need to find, I think, I think they would need to find a third party facilitator to get uh, salary t- retention to work. Cause as it stands, the devils have, I think just like a little bit over $5.6 million in cap space. And, you know, they obviously need to resign Kevin ball still. So they wouldn't be able to get Linus Ulmark. Uh, they'd need someone to retain money on Ulmark to make that work just for this coming <sighs> season. After that probably should be okay. They should be okay because then the Corey Schneider money goes off. Yeah, I think does the Corey Schneider money come off after this coming season? I think so. Yeah, yeah, it does, and so does the Yanni. <laughs> yeah, so money. yeah, I forgot about that, and I think the Kovalchuk two hundred fifty thousand dollars the recapture penalty on that's up. Nope, soon. nope, next no? next year. Next, next year, year. Okay, so still two years left on that. So yeah, if yeah. you get someone to retain on Lumark for the next two years, um, you know, I mean, the Ducks are. I mean, they still have to sign Troy Terry and Trevor Zegers, but they're still like $7 million below the cap floor. So 
they'd probably be willing to do that. I'd imagine Chicago would probably be willing to do that too. But there's not that many teams left, I think, that would you know want to do the whole third party facilitator kind of thing for cap reasons. I even think <laughs> the Coyotes might be past it at this point. You just kind of look at what they did this off season. Uh, they trying to. It seems like they're trying to be more competitive. So um, I think you could get the Flyers to eat some cap if yeah, you throw them a pick. Yeah, that's the thing too. Is the Flyers? And, I mean, technically, this would be a trade between the Devils and Flyers. Technically, because they'd be involved, but they've never traded with each other before. But yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think the Flyers would probably if hit, be like, here's a fifth round pick in twenty twenty four or whatever. You take yeah. the fifty percent here. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I, what, what do you think? The, what do you think the ball contracts coming in like one point five? Nah, last year nine hundred fifty thousand dollars. Oh okay. Oh really? You don't even. Oh okay. Like a like a Bastion deal. Yeah, like a million dollars, something around there. Um, maybe they give him two. I could see them doing like two years at a million per. Um, so don't so think currently, yeah. So currently they're at five point six. Yeah, so they would need to shed something. Yeah. It's the same thing with Hellebuck, too. If they're going to try to get Connor Hellebuck from Winnipeg, they either Winnipeg will need to retain 50% on that, or they'll have to find someone who would be willing to do that. Um, that's one of the challenges of, for the Devils in trying to get a goalie um, this summer. Uh, if it's Ulmark, they need someone to retain on that. If it's Hellebuck, for sure, they will need to retain because Hellebuck's cap hits about a million dollars more. Then Ulmark, so they they'd have. To, I mean, Winnipeg doesn't retain. That's just like not. They don't for I guess financial reasons. They just don't retain on contracts that they trade. So uh, that's you know that's what complicates things, and that's why I in the piece I wrote today I mentioned Logan Thompson. That if he were available from Vegas, um, that'd be a really good play because he only has a seven hundred sixty six thousand dollar cap hit for the next two Do years. Do you think that's still, so? That's number four, and I'll allow it because that's a really good shout. Do you think that's like in still in play? I don't. I mean, Kevin Weeks uh, reported, I think, a little bit before free agency started that teams had called to see if he was available. So, like, I don't even know if he was available. I think teams were just like, "Hey, this guy is good. You have a lot of goalies." Uh, I mean, I guess this also depends on Robin Leonard's available. Uh, you know, if he's available to start next season, he's coming off hip surgery. Uh, so if he's good to go, no, I'm not saying go get Robin Leonard. I'm just saying for Vegas, so like, what are they going to decide to do there with Aiden Hill, Logan Thompson, and Robin Leonard? Who's you're not going to be able to trade Robin Leonard for sure. And you just re-sign Aiden Hill because you know he led you to the Stanley Cup. So what are you going to do there? Um, the Devils, obviously for cap reasons, I'm sh- it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if they were one of those few teams that called Vegas to be like, hey, what's up here? Especially since he was in the Devil system briefly like four or five years ago. So they have a little, you know, they're probably a little familiar with him. Um, you know, for cap reasons, that would be a really good play. You have him for two years at seven hundred sixty-six. Uh, yeah, seven hundred sixty-six thousand dollars. Um, allows Schmidt to go get that workload. Um, in Utica for at least this coming season, and then you have a pretty good tandem with Vanacek and Thompson in the NHL. So that'd be the fourth guy that I would throw into the ring with you know the, the names we've heard pretty much all summer in regards to the Devils going to get a goalie. All right, here it is. Who's your number one star? Uh, for the goalies, so as much as I love um, Hellebuck, I I mean, Sarah Valley said on that PDO cast episode um, a couple of days ago that the Jets have had trouble drumming up interest for him, so I don't even really know how seriously the Devils are pursuing him right now. 
he would be my number one, but I, I think from a realistic, you know, a more objective, I guess, point of view, I would say Olmark would be the guy that the Devils were more likely to end up with. Okay, there you have it. So we have two number one stars, what he wants and what's going to happen. And yeah. Nostradamus calls his shot again. Linus Olmark will be a New Jersey Devil to start the season. You yeah, heard that would it be here my bet. I think that's first. Yeah, I think the Hellebuck trade for reasons I think I'm not really sure like how you know, I don't think Winnipeg really wants to deal him. I think they're trying to convince him to stay. Um I don't know if they'll be successful in doing so, but um I don't think a trade's really close there with anyone at all. Um, and I think the price of a Hellebuck trade probably, I think, I would think the Jets probably want more for Hellebuck than the Bruins would want for Ulmark. Uh, just because Ulmark before this season, I don't think anyone thought of him as like one of the top five goalies in the league. Hellebuck has been like one of the best goalies in the league for close to a decade at this point. I, I think Ulmark will be. Alex, expected. he just won the Vesna. Yeah, I know for sure. But, uh, and I, I don't think an Ulmark. You just yeah for sure the Vesna. Come on. What? You you just yeah for sure the Vesna. I just I just feel like I feel like Boston can just make a huge argument for Linus Allmark and getting a better return than Connor unhappy. I mean, I, pushing I just, the trade type of thing. I don't think Ulmark would be cheap. That's for sure. But I think okay, Hellebuck definitely has the the pedigree compared to Ulmark before this season. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Well, interesting to see because uh, I definitely think Fitz is hitting the phones hard. I definitely think they're getting a goalie before the summer ends for sure. I, I think that's why we haven't even heard from Fitz yet. So, And we're, what, almost two weeks past free agency at this point? Kind of crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, anyone that's made a move has definitely talked about it already. He hasn't even said any. Uh, maybe he's going to speak at the end of development camp, but uh, hasn't even talked at dev, dev camp so far either. Dude's getting a goalie. Yeah, he's doing something. He's up to something. Dude's in a hole just on the phone. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Dawson Mercer update, nothing there, but I would assume that Fitz is definitely going to start some sort of conversation uh, this summer, uh, and maybe that bleeds a little bit into the season, but definitely gets done before Thanksgiving is my thought. Yeah, I'm actually – my next article for the Hockey Writers is going to be um, looking at what his next contract could look like. So I still have to dig into it. I have a couple – I uh, more than a couple of players at this point that could be comparable for him. So I'll probably start digging into that tonight and then, you know, look. Five for five? No, I think it would be the, – the $5 million number is pretty close, but I think he – five years – Five years would only buy – I think it would only eat one UFA year. So I'm expecting more years. Um, I don't think – I wouldn't go eight years on him. It's not the type of players you give an eight-year contract to, but I think it would be more – it would probably be more than five years. Really? You, you're you not sold on Dawson Mercer as an eight-year player? Yeah. I mean, eight-year players are kind of like for like the upper echelon Hughes. of your team. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um all right. Well, you've 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 we've confirmed you've called shots. You've called new shots now. Um, un, unreal podcast today. Now, uh, anything else we need to touch on from a Devils perspective? Um, no. I mean, I can't. I think they're done. You know, free agency. Tatar is still lurking out there. Like, so I just wonder, like, once they get their goalie situation, you know, kind of done, like settled in here, like, could they? 
try to see if if there's room to bring him back on a one-year deal, but I think that'd be tough. Even if they get Ulmark or Hellebuck retained, I think it'd be tough to fit in Tatar on a one-year deal. So, um, but he's still there, and if the Devils decide they want, if they figure that they have enough room to add another forward, maybe he comes back. But um, you know, other, otherwise, I think the aside from a goalie, I think their offseason is pretty much done at this point. All right, now we have the laugh of the week. Um, oh yeah, I know where we're going with this. I mean, what, like we've been on Zoom for permanently for the past three and a half, four years at this point. Like, right? We know the rules of Zoom. Yeah. Mute your damn mic. Yeah. I I I don't think Garnett Hathaway heard any of it too, because if he did, he probably would have reacted. So I think it was just Garnett. like. True professional. That's all I have to say. He had to have heard it. Yeah, if he did hear it, I mean, wow, that was incredible just keeping your composure there for sure. Um, he didn't like give a face or anything like that. He just answered the question. Um, but yeah, that was like unfortunate put, question. I I, I could see them being frustrated. I don't if even the, think I don't think there was anything wrong with that question. Not, I, I don't think – I think it was just that that question was probably asked multiple times. Well, that's what that, to, that guy said. I mean, he's like, how many fucking times are you going to ask that yes, question? Yes, yes, exactly. So, get, I get it. Um, listen, she's just doing her job. She does not deserve to be put on blast like that whatsoever. I mean, the, the dumpster fire that is the Philadelphia Flyers continues to burn – uh, by the day uh, with large <laughs> stacks of billowing smoke. Um, but listen, I mean, hats off to Garnet Hathaway because, I mean, listen, it, it, he, he he's a hockey player. He wants, to, he wants to play hockey. Like, that's why he took the job. So Yeah, and you know, like it says a lot about him too because I'm sure there were contenders that he's a good player. Like he's one of the better fourth liners. Would have loved him on the Devils. Yeah, if they didn't resign Bastion, I mean, I think you should. They probably should have gone for Hathaway for sure. Um, but I mean, like he could have gone to like I'm sure there were contenders that would have offered him a deal, and it says something that he wants the Flyers with some term too. So um, I think that's why she asked. I mean, that's why the reporter asked. Like you know what makes the Flyers kind of like a destination because everyone knows they're not trying to win games. I mean, look at the moves they made this offseason. I mean, they just got Meechkoff. They're probably going to try their best to get Celebrini in the 24 draft. So, you know, they're not trying to win. So, like, it was a valid I mean, question. Is, is, that the, is that the number one pick next year? Yeah, he's – it's either going to be – I mean, no, not either. It will, it will be Celebrini and then there's the American Cole Eiserman should probably be number two too. All right, there you go. We're even yeah. doing draft previews yeah, that's for what next the Flyers year. are going for next year. So, like, it does – that's why she asked. Like, and the PR guy, I'm sure she's not – it's not the first time it's probably happened to a reporter. Um, it just happened to get caught on a hot mic this time. Um, but, yeah, you got to be better than that. Like, sh- just show a little respect to the to the reporter. Um, they're just doing their job, and it was a completely valid question, too. Um, so, be nice. Be kind, as they say. Exactly. It doesn't hurt to be kind. With that being said, I think that comes to a wrap on episode four, season two. Yeah, I think that covers it for this week. Any uh, World Cup predictions? Um, no, I mean, I don't even... The U.S. women's team's not supposed... Are they not supposed to be that great this time around, right? 
Uh, I think it's it, this might be the team that's caught between generations. Yeah, right. But, they're like reaching out but, and bringing in new players. But, but the the new talent that they're bringing in is supposed to be just silly special. Uh, right, from from, from what I've read, Alyssa Thompson has the yeah, chance I've to be the best her. ever. Yeah, I read um, about her. She's crazy. And I watched some of the warm up games, and Rodman's daughter is an absolute beast. Rodman, like uh, Dennis Rodman. Yes. Yes. Oh shit! I didn't even know he had like a, a beast soccer daughter. So that's yeah. She right. is ridiculously good, um, as you can imagine. Just an animal on the field. Scored yeah, I mean, two goals in the warm up game against. Um, I guess she must be like Wales? one of the young Wales. Yeah, she must be one of the young talents that they're bringing in. Or, yeah. Or yeah, like yeah. So those, those are my two. Those are my two names to watch out for. All right. Um, so there's there's a yeah, little. Yeah, I mean, I know uh, the rest of the at least Europe, like their European nations, are starting to catch up to the U.S. a little bit. Uh, I think the Dutch team is pretty good. They weren't weren't they in the final last time? The uh, Netherlands. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah Dutch. So. The Swedes are always yeah, a, a strong always outfit. Yeah. Brits unfortunately have a couple major injuries. Uh, uh, I was sucks. talking to some colleagues, um, and uh, yeah, they're they're a little down on the squad. We get started next week, I think. Right? Is it the fifteenth? Yeah, like oh, oh. Wow. oh. Oh, wouldn't be an episode without Lucille. It's Lucille, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hi, Lucille. All right. With that being said, thank you, everyone, for listening. Hope everyone's having a great summer. And uh, Alex will throw out some tweets on when we'll be back. We still got to discuss schedules and whatnot. But I hope everyone's doing well. And let's go Devils. Let's go Devils.